Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who is over 10 years in the markets. Hello, everyone. The podcast has a simple format, which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. And this week, we're looking at Oxy, Charles Schwab and Kavana. First things first, though, Henry, how's your week been? This week for stock traders has been exceptional. It is just one of those weeks that has just gone on from strength to strength. We have the NASDAQ has now made all-time record highs. We have the S&P and the Dow that are just following suit. And then we have the likes of the Aussie, the German DAX, the CAC, the Stock 50 are all following suit. So this, is, this has been a very, very good week for stock traders. Okay, perfect. So let's crack on to topic one then, which is Oxy. So Oxy is something that I hear you talking about pretty much on a daily basis. So it'd be good just to kind of give a, a bit of a background of what exactly it is. So Oxy is, is an oil company, plain and simple. It's something that I've been in since we had the oil prices drop down below zero on the futures contract. So since then, I've sort of invested in the likes of Oxy Long because the way we look at it is, Oil is needed across the world. It's plain and simple. And the oil companies have a bit of a conglomerate on what's going on. So they are not going to leave the prices the way they are. Not keep flooding the market. Yes, they had an argument. And you know when arguments, people's noses put out a giant. But as it comes down to hard, cold money, and they were not going to keep it like that. So as we saw, we saw Oxy has risen by 35% on last Friday, which is a huge movement on the likes of Oxy. Now, why that has happened is because of OPEC and the cronies have decided to continue with the cutbacks. Now, they've decided to extend the cutbacks of oil over the next two months, which is, is very, very good for the oil companies, but also the jobs data in the US, the NFP. That was also much better than expected. So they're looking at the people going back to work to ignite the expectation of fuel consumption is going to go up. That's good for all these oil companies, whether it's Royal Dutch Shell, Oxy, any of those. Yeah, I saw last week Trump tweeting all about how there was good news on the job market front in America. Um, you mentioned the NFP. So what, what exactly is NFP and why should people be keeping an interest in this? Well, the NFP is probably the biggest news announcement that comes out once a month. So it comes out on the first Friday of every month and it's the jobs data that comes out in the US. What NFP stands for is non-farm payroll. So it it excludes farm workers, it excludes government workers, and it excludes non-for-profit employees. Everyone else that is employed in the US is put into that data and spat out at the end of the month and we will find out whether the jobs data is good for the US or whether it's bad. And obviously, if it's good, the US dollar gets stronger. If it's worse than expected, then the US dollar gets weaker, which then has a huge knock-on effect with oil, with imports, exports. There's a huge knock-on effect of it. So with Oxy, you mentioned that on Friday it went up 35%, and obviously Oxy has recently cut dividends by 86% because of the market downturn. So what sort of impact would this have had on its share price today? The dividend cut has been the first time they've done that in about 10 or 11 years. So this is, this is unprecedented for them. 
Now, Oxy have a very, very proud tradition that they are someone who pays dividends even though the market is in a crisis. So the last time I was in a crisis, Oxy continued paying us dividends. Now, the problem with this is, is that Oxy are paying out more in dividends than they're actually making this quarter and previous quarter as well, which is, is unsustainable for any company. So what they've done is they've taken the unprecedented stance to actually cut the dividend. Now, by cutting that dividend, it means that shareholders like you and I, we get less money in our dividends. But what that also means is it actually saves them 200 million a quarter. Now, when you have cost savings of like that, then it, uh, you can actually invest that and stimulate the, the company and get things going in the right direction. And with the cutbacks, we can see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel in this little bit of a, a downturn with oil. Great. So you've been talking about Oxy, as I say, for the last couple of months. As a, someone who hasn't yet to be invested in it, are you saying now's a good opportunity or wait a little bit longer for another market event to happen? It's hard to say now because I got in at Oxy when it was about 10 or $11. It's now at about $25. Now, I do expect it to get up anywhere around $40, and that's sort of my target. Now, it could hit there in a couple of weeks, or it could take six months, or it might never hit there. But that's the idea of where I expect it to actually get to. Now, once it gets to that point, will I jump out? No, I'll start moving my stop loss underneath it. And then if it continues going, then I will reap the rewards. But the idea is it's sort of a little bit late now that oil has recovered quite substantially. But where this recovery will go massively depends on when all these oil companies start producing oil massively again and whether there will be a demand for it. If they can get the supply and demand tweaked properly, then we can see these companies slowly grow. But if they all of a sudden then flood the market or it's over oversupplied, then you will see the likes of oil and the, the stocks around it drop as well. So for me, Oxy and oil was a, it was a good trade about six months ago, three to six months ago. Great. Well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Charles Schwab. So Charles Schwab is the 14th largest banking institution in the US, and it has over 3 trillion in client assets. Surely with what's going on globally and talk of recession, I think actually on Monday, it was confirmed that the US were formally in a recession. Investing in banking stocks surely isn't a good investment opportunity. Well, that depends on your viewpoints. If you look at Charles Schwab themselves, they've had a low of 27 and a high of $52. That's almost a 50% drop. We all know the US markets are on a, on a bull run. Now, whether this is due to the, the money, the quantum easing that's been pumped in, or whether this is confidence gone in there, but every stock has been affected by this. So which means then, even though the market has recovered, it will bring the likes of these banking stocks, they'll bring them along, they'll jump. Now, if you have a look over the last six days, we've seen a 30% jump in their, their stock price. So why have their stocks jumped so much? So Charles Schwab is an online broker, the same as eToro. Now, they've received antitrust approval from the Justice Department for its acquisition of TD Ameritrade. Now, this merger has been talked about since November. Now, we've also seen Ameritrade stocks jump by about 25% as well. So this is a huge, huge merger in the likes of the US market. And together, they can have huge influence in that area. So how would this affect the traders on the two platforms, Charles Schwab and TD Armatrade? 
Now, with more than five trillion in clients' assets, it will only benefit them. They will bring down cost of the, the running cost of the of the brokerage, which means then you'd expect both stocks to actually continue rising till they're put in as one. And moving on to our last topic, it's Carvana. So I don't know too much about Carvana, I must admit. So can you give us a little bit more information? This is relatively new to the market. Yeah, this is, this is one of the ones that have sort of come out of sort of nowhere. So Carvana is a fast-growing e-commerce platform for buying and selling used cars. Now, it was founded in 2012, so it's a relatively new company to be listed. So it was listed in 2017. Now, it's had a really good run for revenue more than quadruples between 17 and 19. That's a huge run. So between 2017 and 2019, despite its solid performance, it is still a very young company with huge growth potential and could continue expanding for the next five to 10 years. So if they're selling used cars, obviously everyone's been in lockdown and the car showrooms have been closed. They've recently had their stock jump 13% on Friday to an all-time high. Is that because things are relaxing a little bit more on the COVID front or is there another reason? There's a few, there's a few reasons for this. There's one is it's new and nimble company. So it can change its course very, very quickly. So as you know, that a lot of companies out there have their dealerships and they walk into the forecourt where the likes of these guys, they're online. So it's an e-commerce, so which means that you actually can know everything about the car. It's online. You get your finance online. You don't even have to speak to a salesperson. So that's why the actual cost of these cars are a little bit cheaper than their forecourt because there's no one in between. And that's the idea. So these companies, um, they can continue. And we all know that over the pandemic, e-commerce companies have gone on from strength to strength. And what the likes of the, these e-commerce companies do is every item that's sold on the platform, they take a little commission, which means then that they have very, very little overheads. It's because it's you and I and everyone else selling their car on that platform. And that's the idea of it. And this ties in really, really well with the likes of what Everton are doing. Yeah, I just saw that their new front of shirt sponsor is called Kazoo, which seems to follow on with this kind of used car sales e-commerce site. That's only a a year old company, but they're actually founded by the same person who founded Love Film and Zoopla. So certainly knows that space very well. Um, yeah, so there's obviously the, something in this. Yeah, no, but, but see, that's it. it it's, the idea is, is that with all these e-commerce, with all these eating, so you have the likes of Uber, who doesn't actually own anything. You have the likes of Airbnb, that doesn't actually own anything. You have the likes of these e-commerce, they don't actually own anything. And the same here with this industry here, with the car industry. Everything is going online, which means that these companies are just a platform for you to actually make some money from it. So are you treating this as a, a long-term investment or do you think that, as we've seen, there's some quick gains to win as well? Now, as we, we talked about a little bit earlier on there, revenue growth. Now, this is the fundamentals of any company. If you have a mediocre company and the revenue continues to grow, the stocks will price will go up. You will make money. Now, if you look a little bit deeper into this company itself, it seems to be a very well-structured company. It struck a deal with Ali Finance. In, in March. Now, Ali Finance is one of the, the largest provider of automobile finance in the country. Now, Kavan this year signed an agreement with them, and they have now a purchase power of $2 billion, which is effectively doubling the purchase power that they had before. Now, with this type of demands on it, you know I mean? Sky's the limit. And if they continue doing what they have done over the last 10 years, where, you know what I mean? This is a huge, huge company. We're getting in at the grassroots of the likes of this. 
I only see this continuing to grow. Great. Well, that wraps up our three topics for today's podcast. Uh, but before we end, are there any other sectors that listeners should be keeping an eye on? Look, I've said it last week and I've said it this week again, is that at the present moment, it's all about the indices at the moment and the stocks. So you have the NAS at all-time highs. Now, if we look historically, we have the NASDAQ, which is at all-time high. And we generally see that the S&P follows. So as we look at this, I am keeping a very, very keen eye on the S&P because the S&P is lagged a little bit over this V-shaped recovery. So the idea is, is that if I get a nice entry on the S&P, I will trade it up to where it gets close to the NASDAQ. Now, the Dow seems to be a little bit more lagging as in behind the other two, but there's still value in the likes of that at the minute. But if you look at the likes of the other indices, there's massive value in the likes of those, the likes of the French, the CAC, the Aussie 200 at the present moment. And if you're one of these crypto traders, you have Bitcoin that is hovering around the 10,000 mark. Now, we just need a breakout. And whether it breaks to the upside or downside, then we would expect that market to continue in that direction. So if we get a breaking out of that 10,000, we'd expect a bullish run. If it breaks down outside that 9,000 mark, then we'd expect a bearish run. The markets with the likes of crypto is sort of stuck in a sideways movement. We need that breakout, whereas the likes of the indices are on this massive bull run at the minute. On the platform, we saw that Hertz was one of the biggest traded instruments of the last couple of days. What's happening there? Well, you have Hertz in the US, which has gone into administration. So what they've done is they've cut out a lot of the dead wood. You have a lot of companies out there that have been renting cars out to the likes of the ambulance, the, the first aiders, NHS. They have been doing business over this over this period of time. Now that they've cut the dead wood out, it looks like they're now starting to make money. And that's one of the things that we can keep an eye on is that it's now at a, at a record low. If you get in and invest in it now, the exponential return on your investment is huge, but you then have the potential downside that has it recovered properly? Have the guys who have been running it are they the same guys that are run the American arm into the ground? So you have to do a little bit of fundamental research on this. But as it looks over the last couple of days, it seems to be one of the hot topics that people are buying up at the moment. Excellent. Well, thanks for that. That's it for this week's podcast. We hope you've all enjoyed listening. If you want to learn more about these three topics, there are blogs as always on the eToro Trading School page. And you can also join Henry for his markets update next Tuesday. Thanks very much, everyone. And have a lovely day. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.